the only podcast that announces that it's pumpkin season. It's pumpkin season. This is Bobbers. Welcome to Pumpkin Season. Uh, I mean, Bombers. Uh, this is Bomber number five, Anthony, a.k.a. Deg, joined as usual by Bomber number three, Zyber, a.k.a. Zyber. It's me, Pumpker. Pumpker. Interesting. Um, and most excitingly, joined today by our special guest, Engel. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about the two of you? Doing pretty well, especially since we have you here to be more interesting than us, honestly. <laughs> well, I thought you were more excited about the pumpkins. Always excited pumpkins about great. pumpkins. <laughs> oh, man, that was like the, the second or third episode of the podcast where we were recording in, I think, this time of year. And I was freaking yeah. out because it was pumpkin season. All the pumpkin beers are out. It's like the third year of us doing pumpkin season. It's great. Yep. How about you? Are you excited about pumpkin season angle? Uh, I mean, Halloween itself is cool. I'm not super huge on all the pumpkin flavored items, but. <laughs> well, I mean, that's sort of my big thing is I like pumpkin flavored. I'm not particularly crazy about pumpkin spice because it's overdone and it doesn't taste like pumpkin. It just tastes like cinnamon and nutmeg and all that other sugary garbage. I well, here's all the. Here's all the pumpkin things that I've in so far. Oh, jeez. Someone showed me pumpkin spice Cheerios, which were amazing, actually. I've had those. Those are good. I eat them dry. I'm curious to eat them with a bowl of milk to see what it does to the milk. Ooh. Um, I've had pumpkin pie Kit Kats, which, once you get past the initial shock of, oh, it's not sweet, it's, uh, you know, flavorful instead. It's like, it's pretty good. Hmm. And I've had a pumpkin... Iced chai latte, which is definitely my favorite now thing to get, like Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. And then they have the pumpkin spice uh, latte as well, but I like the pumpkin chai better. The chai is better. Have either of you had the pumpkin pie Oreos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had one of those. I was just all like, thank you, Mom, for now I do not need to buy these for myself. One is plenty enough. <laughs> Speaking of eating things, Zyber... We both picked up a drinks and foods item, didn't we? Yes, I am very excited to eat this can of eat. Sonic the Hedgehog G Fuel Zero Sugar Peach Rings Energy Drink. Yep, that's what it is. G Fuel, the official drink of esports. Limited edition. Limited edition. Zero calories, and yet an energy drink. So, interesting. 300 milligrams of caffeine per 16 fluid ounces, and this one can is, in fact... 16 fluid ounces. It has more salt than sugar. It well it has more sodium than sugar. Yes. Well, let's 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 peach rings flavored cuz you know, Sonic collects rings. Let's 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 get into this. Ready? Peach rings like my fifth favorite fruit, so peach. It definitely smells like peach rings. it smells like peach, yeah. You can taste the aspartame. Is that what that like that, texture that, is that like fake sweetness flavor to it you know what it doesn't taste like peach rings it tastes like peach iced tea it reminds me of the sour patch kids uh energy drink i tried except without the sourness as much yeah there is there's a it's sweeter more than it is that like sour bright that you get from like a sour patch or a peach ring I guess, I mean, it depends on the peach rings. I've had some peach rings that were extremely sweet with no sourness, and then yeah, I've had one sort of super sour with not as much sweet. Those, of course, are my favorite. How about you, Angle? What do you think of peach rings? Uh, I mean, if you say it's like peach iced tea, that does sound, yeah. you know, pretty good, so. If you were given a choice between, like, you know those, like, dollar store candies that come in the bags, the clear plastic yeah, bags? Yeah. Which one would you be buying? Out of, out of, like, the general, like, wax bottles and peach rings and all that kind of stuff. Oh, uh, well, the general ones? I don't know. Maybe, like, the Smarties or something? I know a lot of people hate them, but... Smarties? I mean, 
I, th- I feel like Smarties get slept on because they're kind of... In terms of the dollar ones. I'm oh, not yeah, saying yeah. they're, like, great, but, like, if it's down to that selection. What about those, like, the strawberry gummy things, you know? They're, like, kind of like peach rings, except that they're wedge-shaped and have sugar over them. Well, peach rings have sugar over them. Yeah, but they're not. They're wedge-shaped, and they're not sour, and they're strawberry. And my family used to love them until I got braces, and then I couldn't eat them anymore. And then I was just all like, I can't watch you guys eat these. <laughs> And also they're bad for as you. As long as it's not those little, like, cardboard wafer UFOs with the chunks of hard candy sugar in the middle. You know what I'm talking about? Wow, you're hating on those? I'm hating on mom, Dude, my mom used to love those. Do you mean that thing that, like, the wrapper looks like a strawberry? No, it's like a UFO. No. Oh, good, because I absolutely love the thing I'm thinking of. The thing I'm thinking of, it, it, I, I don't know why your mom likes those. I'm sorry, they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as for this drink, I would give it a solid, like, four out of five, actually, like... I'm thinking four out of five, too, yeah. It's inoffensive for an energy drink. It's not as good as the Sour Patch Kids energy drinks, which were just surprisingly good, but also I was sleep-deprived and driving for hours, so that could have added to it. It's like when I go on runs and then eat marshmallows, and they're, like, the most amazing marshmallows ever. Because of the sugar. So, a little... A little preview of the Ministry Cap later. I took a big road trip this weekend, and I was driving back from New York for on a five-hour drive with an ETA of, like, midnight. So, of course, I stopped and got an energy drink, and I accidentally purchased a Rockstar, which is not what I meant to buy. I just wasn't paying attention to what I grabbed. That's like amateur driving. Five hours, midnight, whatever. Yeah, it wasn't that bad, but it was after I had done an 11 and a quarter mile bike ride as well. So I was a little bit, like, tired. When I drove the eight hours to, like, a 2 a.m. ETA, that was after I had already driven four hours for work. Psh, driving? All you gotta do to drive is sit down. Jeez. There's no pedaling it's, it's, It takes your full attention. Like, even when you're, like, you know, subconsciously driving, it still takes a lot of your consciousness. I, I can tell you I have driven before through the desert where I... Got to my destination and went, how did I get here? Well, at least in the desert, you probably don't need to worry about stray cars coming after you. Hopefully not. Um, all right. Well, that's drinks and foods. Let's get the bombastic news out of the way real quick here, Zyber. Do you feel your fingers tingling? No, not, not on this one. Thank goodness. All right. Bombastic news. Go to our website, thisisbombers.com. See our podcast on YouTube. See us play video games, including Ocarina of Time Randomizer, on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, email us questions, concerns, fan art, fan fiction. Fan. Fans. fans. Just giant fans, yeah. Join our Discord, link in the description below, where you can also do all that stuff and also talk with people, including us. Join our Discord and get into the Only Friends section by going to our Patreon and patronizing us. Don't patronize me. Give us money. Become an acquaintance, friend, best friend, executive bomb-deucer. Do it. I dare you. I double-dog dare you. you. I know you won't. Because you either already have, or you're not listening to (laughs) this. basically. (laughs) Thank you for your support. Best friends of the show, Anne and Rob. Our friends, Haley, Aaron, and Reaper. And our acquaintances. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. On to upcoming releases. So we have a handful of upcoming releases coming out this week. Uh, First ones to look at will be tomorrow, Tuesday, the 6th of September. We have Biomutant is technically a re-release, but it's getting its next-gen release on the PS5 and the Sexbox. That's all I really have to say about this game. It looked interesting, but then I remember it kind of didn't really make that much of a splash when it released previously. Uh, more interestingly, also tomorrow, Tuesday the 6th, is Temtem getting its PS5, Sexbox, Switch, and PC release. Temtem is that Pokemon clone that, frankly, I thought had died years ago. I Yeah, I completely forgot about its existence. It's like from China or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very loud jet flying over my head right now. <laughs> well, I mean... I'm interested to see how it goes because, you know, it's never a bad thing to give Pokemon actual competition instead of just making Pokemon fan games that I don't understand why people keep making them because then they get, you know, taken down. Yeah, Nintendo is notoriously litigious about that kind of stuff. Like, just 
Make your own games. You're already making your own Pokemon. Just don't name them Pokemon. Yep. Name them, name them Yokai or Timtim instead. Yokai, which also was pushed out by Nintendo. Was it? Yeah. I mean, I knew it was on Nintendo devices, but... I believe it was published by Nintendo, if I'm remembering. Gonna look it up, because journalism. Yay! Oh. Yes, it was. It, it was developed by Ubisoft and a bunch of other stuff, and published by Nintendo and a bunch of other stuff. Nintendo, Level 5, Gung-Ho Online, Netmarble, Koei Tecmo, Nintendo of yep, America. told you it was Nintendo. Uh, Angle, did you play a bunch of Pokemon games or anything? You into the Pokemon scene? Uh, you know, I normally will play... You know, through each generation when it comes out, I'm not super huge, but I do have friends who have uh, really made Pokemon more popular on Twitch lately. Um, want to talk about briefly, my buddy, the I Ate Your Pie, came up with this thing called Iron Mon, which, if you've heard of Nuzlocke and like the Pokemon, like you know those hard yeah. challenges, uh, he made one called Iron Mon that's. Even more difficult, but also like more entertaining for viewers to watch. How's that even possible? For first of all, harder than Nuzlocke sounds terrifying. So what is Ironmon? Please tell me. Yeah. So well, there's there's different levels of difficulty you can do, but the basics are like you'll have one Pokemon that you get from the lab, and this is. So I should preface this to say like everything's randomized. Oh boy. <laughs> um, so it's like a randomizer. Of course. You, you have three random Pokemon in your lab, and then they have random moves, random kind of stats that are based, sort of, their stats are based off of their normal, like, distribution, just altered. Like, normally it might have more attack, that Mon, but, like, now it's randomized and it has more special. So it's not 100% randomized, there's some logic behind the stat. Yeah, there's there's logic behind the stats. Okay. But yeah, you'll, you'll get that Mon, and then uh, if it dies, you gotta start over. <laughs> So you only get that one Pokemon? So you can swap. You can change once per route, um, generally. But you still only have a single Pokemon in your party at any time? Depending on the rule set, you might be allowed to have more if it's the easiest set of, of difficulty. You want to play the, um, the, the easy one at game. worst. Yeah, <laughs> sounds rough. <laughs> well, like the harder ones that he's doing, you, you really only have that one. And like you can swap, but... It's really only beneficial for you to swap in the early routes because then, like, the level difference is so bad that, like, you're just, you can't swap. They're too that low. Makes sense. So what you got is what you got. Yeah, you're trying to just go through, beat the game. All the enemy uh, trainers have randomized Pokemon. The item drops are randomized. Uh, <laughs> even, like, TMs you might learn. <laughs> oh, jeez. Now, are they... TMs are randomized as in a random TM or the move that the TM could be any move that any Pokemon could have type of thing. Because I'm pretty sure, aren't the TMs already restricted to certain moves? And it's like you're not going to get a TM for Tackle, for instance. Yeah, they are. But like normally Brock, I forget what normal one he gives you, but in this it could be... Brock Smash or something. Yeah, you could you could suddenly get Earthquake and you're like, wow, this is great. Well. <laughs> or it's, you know... <laughs> Are the HMs randomized, or are they still the uh, same? Depending on the difficulty, uh, you either can't use them, or they are the same, and they're very powerful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, considering, if you're playing first gen, at least, I assume that's what this is. That's progression locking, depending on how the how it's all set up, right? Yeah, so you're allowed um, a friend Pokemon that just learns HMs, you know, just so you can cut through things, fly Your through. HM mule. Wherever, yeah. <laughs> no matter what. Just so you're not, you know, you have to be able to beat the game, obviously. Um, and then it varies. A lot of people play Fire Red, Leaf Green with this. Okay. Some people like Heart Gold, Soul Silver, or some of the newer uh, games. Yeah, I haven't seen all, all too much when it comes to randomizers. They seem to stick to a lot of the the Game Boy stuff, uh, and not so much like the DS and further, I've noticed. It's because it's the best ones, right? I don't know. A lot of Pokemon fans seem to like those earlier um, ones, but you you certainly can randomize like Gen 4 or 5 very easily. I think my favorite Pokemon randomizer I've heard of is the one where like the Pokemon re-randomize after leveling up. Oh, yeah. They, they did that at uh, SGDQ. Yeah, that's... That's another fun twist on, on Pokemon randomizers is, hey, it leveled up. What is it? We don't know. Find out. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just the beauty of, of randomizers in general. You can mix it up however you want. You can make a crazy challenge like Pi has. You can make it 
random evolutions make it easier however you want to play yeah that i mean that and that's the fun of randomizers in general is adding new life to an old title and getting a reason to go back and re-explore it which segue time which is potentially fun about temtem because they're taking the old pokemon formula and putting their own twists on it we'll find out I'm probably not going to get it. <laughs> I mean, sadly, it's probably just not going to be talked about much. Like, even Yokai Watch wasn't really well talked about much in it. That was, like, considered a popular game, too. The problem was is that Yokai Watch just didn't have enough depth to it. So it was a fun little splash, and then there was nothing left to explore after it came out. And then they just stopped releasing it overseas. Well, yeah. They, I think, what, Yokai Watch 2 came out, did not sell well because the first one was boring, and the second one didn't do enough to change that. So, yeah, they're not releasing it anymore because it, it didn't sell well. They didn't follow the PlayStation formula of having the sequel completely different and then the third one refining the sequel stuff. Yep. Uh, those are all the releases for Tuesday. On Thursday, the 8th of September, a game called Steel Rising is coming to the PS5, Sexbox, and PC. This is one that I randomly found on the list of upcoming releases, had not heard of it before, but it's kind of interesting. Uh, the, the short description on it on Steam, Paris, 1789. The French Revolution has been suppressed with bloodshed by Louis XVI and his merciless mechanical army. Aegis, a mysterious automaton masterpiece, must confront the king's army alone to save history in this challenging action RPG. Visually, this game looks pretty cool with all the weird retro like um steampunky like clockwork punk style automaton and whatnot uh however the gameplay makes it out to look a lot like a souls style uh bloodborne-esque visuals to it um it's even got the dark realistic graphics going on yep that gritty gothic looking uh sort of aesthetic which is Again, visually neat, but also, I don't like Souls-likes. <laughs> I figure some of, our, some of our audience might be interested. You know, a genre that I found out I absolutely love is when there's a big lore of, like, uh, robotics or, you know, the general mechanical science that we know versus, like, biological improvements and so I was a bit sad when it showed the robotic side. I was like, oh, is there going to be like a biological thing? But no. Give me an example of what you're talking about because I'm not quite. Well, I can't remember the name of the book, but there was one where it was like a, one of the world wars where one side had like, you know, steampunk style everything. And the other side, like they were using whales as blimps. As blimps? Yeah. They had flying whales that they secured, you know you know, like, stuff underneath so that they could, they could just ride underneath it. That said, a whale dirigible sounds awesome. So yeah, I, w I would love to see some video games off of that. The the Steel Rising definitely has the steampunk automaton stuff. We, we just need the biological stuff now added on. And, and it is very much Souls-like. Uh, Angle, how do you feel about Souls games? <laughs> you know, I never really got into them until Elden Ring. Oh, you played Elden Ring? Yeah, I played it that makes sense. and honestly loved it. So Got the bug now, thinking about going back to play some of the other ones? Yeah, maybe uh, trying some of these new ones. Who knows? Yeah, I think it would be pretty hard to go back to the old ones. That's, from that's what Ring. people tell me. They're like, Elden Ring is so much like more fleshed out than like Dark Souls 1 or something, for instance. But It's like, uh, I haven't played Elden Ring, but based on what I've heard, like actually allows you to play the game as you know different styles and jobs well dark souls just like unless you're just the fast sword user good good luck uh, you could have stopped it it allows you to play the game and it probably would have been accurate <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i have demon souls on ps3 that i bought way back when before souls likes were known as a thing and i got dark souls or dark souls 2 i can't remember which one on like the games for gold and i have tried and not enjoyed playing any of that and people keep trying to push me to play elden ring and i keep not doing it because i feel like i won't have fun you know watching the trailer for still rising though it is a beautiful game uh, yeah it's again very visually striking 
Um, so yeah, if, if you're into Souls-like style games, want something new to play because you've completely thrashed Elden Ring, maybe check out Steel Rising. I just see it actually says Souls-like as one of its tags. So. Oh, it does. Yeah, it sure does. Hmm. Well, there you go. Confirmed. Yep, tell us, anyone listening to this who plays it, tells, tell us how it yeah, is. Yeah, I will be interested to see how that... Uh, let's see, Friday the 9th, the next day, NBA 2K23 is coming to PS4, 5, Sexbox, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. I don't care about basketball games. I'm so excited for this one. This this year is going to be amazing. To be fair, it's the only notable and interesting release that's coming out that Friday because the only other game coming out Friday is Splatoon 3 and like, whatever, Splatoon 3 for the Switch. Nobody's excited about that. Oh man, I'm so excited. It's going to be like the best year ever. But no, actually, I'm very excited for Splatoon 3. Did you? I can talk about the demo I played of the Splatfest later Yeah, I was going to ask if you were going to talk about the Splatfest in the recap. Yep, that's my plan. Sweet. Angle, you play any of the Splatoon stuff? Not personally, but I do have friends who are heavily into Splatoon since day one. That'll be Zyber here is heavily into it. And I I played the first one a fair bit way back. That was fun with, with friends. The second one... Didn't do it for me. And I mean, I will say, like, for people who have been into the Splatoon series from day one, still playing it, or started with two, and they're still playing it, they're going to love three. Yeah, you you, you think so? Yeah. Well. <laughs> like, if, you, most of the complaints I've heard have been from people who don't even play Splatoon anymore. So they're all like, why would I get this game if I can just go back to Splatoon 2? Just like, well... You're not even going to do that, so yeah. why are you playing? <laughs> the only complaints I heard were uh, a little bit from the competitive scene, which my friends are always part of. Well, I can see Some that. potential lag issues, but it's very minor. Like, if you're not in the competitive scene, this game looks amazing. Also, like, just from playing this Splatfest, and, you know, it, the whole point of it is to also stress test the servers and such, and they do have a different... Um, net code that they're using so plus let's be honest anybody involved in any competitive scene uh, is generally just going to <laughs> complain <laughs> especially for nintendo yeah games. for nintendo games definitely uh those are our upcoming releases for this week i'm excited now to welcome our guest discussion with angle uh open up the floor here and get into uh mostly some randomizer stuff because i know that's like your big scene so i'm Looking forward to learning more about randomizers, because obviously we've played a few on the channel, but we don't really get into the, the meat and bones and nitty gritty of randomizers. So I, I take the floor. <laughs> ah, sure. Well, where, where do you want me to start at? Well, I was about to say what I really would like to start at is the beginning. Specifically, wh- how did you get into randomizers? What what got you so excited and, and so like ingrained into that community what was what was the first spark well the first spark uh (laughs) (laughs) i know i used to watch these maybe like five years ago with like ocarina of time came out the randomizer uh people started playing it but it wasn't super fleshed out uh you know there weren't as many changes you still had to do a lot of the basic non-randomized stuff right like, you just have to go to the castle, talk to Zelda, get your lullaby, do, like, all of the... The gated portions. Ga- were, yeah, the were gated portions, in. and there were still, like, cutscenes, and, like, oh, you have to get a Pona the hard way, stuff like oh, that, right? Back in the day. So I didn't really yeah. play it back then, but then I think what really got me into it was my friend group and I were looking for more things to do right around, I guess, 2020, COVID, stuck <laughs> yep. inside... <laughs> And we were like, yeah, world events. Uh, but we were like, let's start learning this. And then we started racing it together, you know, competing against each other. And then, you know, from that went on to find like the bigger community and the bigger tournaments and whatnot. Yeah, I think that's definitely the fun part about it uh, is is the, the actual races and, and the competing and, and loading up the same seed as someone. Uh, seems like a great way to actually like stick to it. Yeah, uh, definitely. Like I always say, it's it's a very fun logic puzzle 
change of pace to go back to these games, not even just Ocarina of Time, but any randomizer. Um, but for me, what really like keeps me playing it is the competitive scene, racing other people uh, and playing in these tournaments. I know for me, I got pretty big into it as soon as they uh, released that uh, online multiplayer option where you can be in the same thing, basically playing together. It's all like, oh, sweet, cooperative Zelda game? Yes, please. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the mod loader thing where everyone's in the same world. You can have different character skins. So you're, you're playing as crazy anime characters or <laughs> Mario or something in it instead of, of Link. Um, yeah. It's very fun to do together. They also have multi-world plugins where you're not in the same world. But like, you know, I might find your hook shot you might find my boomerang vice versa and you're you're working oh, together gosh. to beat uh your games well, that sounds very interesting are they like randomized then so like or like i guess <laughs> yes yeah, like they are. you're not gonna find each other's stuff in the same location as the... you know everything's different locations you might have different dungeons you need to do than your teammates uh wow you know, different hints for each person. Setup. Yeah, it's it's a whole big setup, but a very fun way to play. There's actually a tournament starting up that my friends and I are, are joining in again. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is it that specifically drew you to Zooter as opposed to the myriad other randomizers that are out there? Because I know there's like DK64 randomizer and, and uh, obviously that sounds terrible. <laughs> Super Metroid in, in Link to the Past. Like what what, what was Ocarina's draw for you? Uh, I think in part the nostalgia for it from, you know, growing up with it. Uh, also just I kind of think I'm better at the 3D one there than like Link to the Past. I'm going to be honest. I've looked at Link to the Past and it's just it's quite difficult. <laughs> Link to the Past is great. Either I beat it in three hours or it takes me like 12 hours. Right? Yeah, yeah Cyber is, is, you're definitely more the uh, Link to the Past type of person. Yeah, well, that one is fun because I have it memorized. So it's like I know where all the chests are. I just have to figure out what order I can get to the chests. Yep. I mean, yeah, I guess memorization is a big part of it because, as you mentioned, Angle, a lot of it's like problem solving. How do I get to these places? So how long would you say it took to actually, like, start being able to piece together those things, like, ad hoc, like, as you're playing, instead of having to think about it and look stuff up and whatnot? Uh, that's that's tough, because, again, for me, you know, I started kind of just by watching others for a few fair, years. Fair. So that, that, like, changes the gamescape, right? I've watched someone play through and watched them talk about their logic, what they're doing. And that gets in my head. So when I'm when I start playing, then I already have a good, you know, basis. Um, that feels like cheating. <laughs> I started I, my first time doing Ocarina of Time randomizer. Like I only played Ocarina of Time, the actual game, like two or three times in my life prior. Jeez. <laughs> so I, yeah, it took me a long time to beat it. That's, it I I think that's more um, study. It's practice without <laughs> doing it yourself. You know. Like going back and watching old tapes of, of sports stuff for people that play sports things. I'm, the bad analogy because I don't know sports very well, but... <laughs> I'd say it's a bit harder than... Uh, if more comparison is like watching you know, speed runs of it and just like, yeah, you can still watch people do like glitches or certain things, but yeah, outside of watching people do actual randomizers... You gotta sit down yeah. and, and practice the actual... like. I imagine that's probably a big part of it as well, is learning how to perform the glitches as opposed to playing the game in an, an intended method, because... I will never do Ganon's Tower the intended way. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of that, there's a difference between the logic puzzle aspect of, of knowing the actual locations as opposed to the like execution of, of pulling off glitches. Oh, Angle, have you ever done the Ocarina of Time randomizer where it's like the the doorways lead you to random places? Yeah, I've done a, a few. Um, you can shuffle the grottos, you can shuffle the dungeon entrances, you can shuffle pretty much any entrance in the game. 
Yeah, that was actually my first randomizer experience was that one. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I like got to like three different versions of the Zelda escape, you know, but I never found actual Ganon's fight. I don't really recommend starting with something that crazy where all the, the entrances are shuffled. That's a lot to keep track of um, for someone new. But I mean, at that point, it's not even really about actually completing anything. It's just try to get through all the doors and see which one gets to the end. A little bit more luck involved i imagine at that point hoping that the door leads somewhere you need to go and then remembering where the old doors went yeah just paying an x on them is fine so on that note what would you say are some of your favorite rule sets to play oh favorites yeah. uh <laughs> i know one that our group likes a lot is the dungeon entrances being randomized so just the the dungeons themselves are shuffled Oh, so you might go into Dodongo's, but it's actually Shadow Temple. Ooh. Something like that, where it's a little extra craziness, but not, you know, every door. <laughs> yeah, not game-breakingly confusing. Not, <laughs> not just, okay, let's go to Kakariko and walk through every house and see where we end up, right? <laughs> but those are fun, and there's, there's some other new ones, like uh, Pot Sanity, they call it. So what is or, exactly pot sanity? Because I, I saw that r word thrown around and it scared me. Uh, so all the pots in the game, in the overworld and in dungeons, uh, they'll have items in them. Like actual key items and not just random yeah. pickups? Oh boy, that does sound like uh, insanity. That's when you have to become the actual spirit of Link and just destroy every pot you see. Pretty much. And but. know where all the pots are, too. I have trouble remembering where the grottos are. <laughs> I've gotten pretty close to having all those memorized. Nice. So you mentioned uh, doing uh, competitions and stuff. So what's that? What's the competitive scene like in, in the Randomite? Like tournaments or one-offs or what? Uh... There's, there's plenty of <laughs> tournaments. Uh, basically, like every year, there's a big main tournament. Um, they've started talking now about season six. Um, which is kind of the standard settings you'll see. Um, but in between that, there's just all kinds of stuff going on. Like I said, the multi-world one we are starting up. Uh, there's co-op tournaments. There's uh, another big event uh, that started recently done by Speed Gaming Live. Okay. Um, I've heard of them. Yeah, they're they're a cool group that does uh, their tournaments in September and October here. And, um, you know, Ocarina of Time is one of those. They do basically all the online tournaments in September. Um, so if anybody wants to watch more Ocarina of Time randomizer races or Link to the Past, um, some Castlevania randomizers, oh. uh, Metroid... Uh, Mario Brothers three randos. Oh, they're doing a they're doing a lot of different randomizer tournaments uh, this month on their Twitch, uh, which is Speed Gaming, and then they're gonna have more on site tournaments uh, end of October, um, which I believe they'll they'll be streaming those too. So it's definitely a good time to be looking at getting into the community then. Yeah, for sure, whether it be Ocarina of Time or, you know, any of those other randomizers. I was just thinking about, like, what games would I love for there to be randomizers of? And my first thought was, like, games like Spyro. I'm just like, that doesn't work. It's just different, the, different, the same collectibles. Yeah, that... I, well, hmm. There are some weird, like... Normally when you think of randomizers, you do end up thinking of, of the adventure games. And, you know, as you said... Castlevania, Metroid, Zelda, those types of things. But there are some other weird ones that I know, Zyber, you've done, like Kingdom Hearts 2, which... Yeah, that one, like, is surprisingly well-made, but also it does get a bit boring just because, you know, it's an RPG that has a leveling system, so you also can just rely on trying to level up a ton to defeat things. Right. Although they do have a randomizer for free now that... I'll have to eventually try Kim Hearts 3. Yeah. Angle, have you thought about like any of the other 
randomizer types to get into or are you kind of pretty dedicated to zooter at this point uh <laughs> well, <laughs> there's one in particular that was created by my friends that they they really <laughs> want me to start playing uh donkey kong 64 randomizer uh dk64 we I still haven't even played it we regular version. you haven't because that was a game club game uh, for us last year you, you yeah, skipped I that was month? busy and didn't have access to it. Uh, I mean, DK64 Vanilla, we, we played it in our game club last year, and I thought it was an okay game. It's but... a weird collect-a-thon in the yeah. vanilla. <laughs> it's a weird collect-a-thon so... that needed a little bit more like refining and streamlining, I found, when I played it. So what did they do to the, to the randomizer to... To randomize it <laughs> exactly yeah. right so um for now it's still in the early stages i know they're coming out with more features uh even later this month they just announced um but a lot of the things randomized you'll get like the the kong's moves or their um, musical instruments uh, can be randomized in different spots uh or where you unlock each uh kong you know, like normally you start with Donkey and then you unlock Diddy and so forth. Yeah. But maybe you start with Chunky. And it is oh. so weird to hear Donkey Kong's name without the Kong part. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those are the kind of things. And they they just added some like niceties. Um, as you know, like you said, DK64 needed some polish. Yes, <laughs> well, <it did. laughs> they added things like, oh, you can change which Kong you're using at will anyway. Oh. That is one of my biggest complaints. Yeah, so, that that was everyone. Good. So that was a great change. <laughs> yes. Um, there's some parts of the original that are hard, and people just like hated doing like the DK arcade. You needed to beat several times. Ugh. Well, in the randomizer, they're like, you can turn that off. You don't have to play the dumb That's arcade nice. games. <laughs> yeah. That's like the grand time you can do the same thing. Either lower the amount of stuff you need or you know only have to do a dump based race once if you're good enough exactly or, or the fact that they did in fact completely skip out the hyrule castle stealth segment thank goodness you're welcome yeah yeah that that's just the kind of thing a lot of these randomizers have really refined of just what are the parts of the games people hated <laughs> and let's Which, just cut that out <laughs> what parts aren't fun you don't have to do those anymore <laughs> So is there any game that currently doesn't have a randomizer that you would like to have a randomizer? Oh, that's a good question. It's an interesting question. I, like, I'm trying to think of an answer myself. I'm trying to think, too, because like as soon as I think of one, they already have it. Like <laughs> Even like Breath of the Wild, you're like, that can't have a randomizer, but it does. <laughs> yeah, like I heard Wind Waker has one also in Skyward Sword. Yeah, pretty much every Zelda you can name has a randomizer. Breath of the Wild seems like the weirdest one to try and randomize because there's not much actual... There's, it's already so random with the different weapon drops and everything. But you know what enemy's going to drop what weapon, though. It'd be interesting if, you know, the Moblin that usually has a twig suddenly has the Master Sword. I don't some, know what, some, what Something else. weird like that. I asked way too good of a question, though. Yeah. You've, you've, stomped, you've stumped us all, Cyber. Yeah, I it's tough. I would say maybe, like, another combo randomizer like you know they have super metroid combined with link to the past where you're playing both and, oh, yeah. and finding the items in each maybe something new like that with like ocarina and i don't know DK64. <laughs> <laughs> that would be super mario rpg oh jeez. no i think honestly ocarina dk64 does sound very entertaining to watch it should randomize super mario or 64. Well, I think they, yeah. they have randomized it to some extent, but I've seen stuff where they they there's certain rule sets for SM64 where the randomization is that each star is just somewhere in the level and you just have to find it. Yeah. Outside of randomizing, something that I would love to have like in a mod is just allow me to get all the stars without leaving the area come on yeah you know like all this the coin stars and everything like the modern odyssey where you can you collect it and keep playing yeah part of that is hard in 64 though because the different levels have actual or the different stars yes. have different configurations to the level 
But you can have it where, like, you know, the stars that appear at only specific stages, they'll still kick you out. But, like, the ones that can exist in all the stages, just don't kick me out if I collect it. That's a lot of... That's a lot of recoding, I imagine. Get to it. There's someone out there that can totally do it. They aren't listening to this podcast. I know you exist. <laughs> Come on, Rob. Yeah, Rob. <laughs> uh, do you know, Angle, does, like... I know that there is a kind of, like, multiplayer for A Link to the Past, but, like, last I heard is that you have to, like, hit the bosses at the same time, otherwise you do, like, a percentage of the damage, something something stupid like that. I don't know. Have you heard of any good, like, multiplayer A Link to the Past mods? Mm, I'm not as familiar with, with the mods for that game, so I'm not quite sure, but I'd have to... How about just, like, any other Zelda game? Besides Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. Yeah, the Majora's Mask randomizer, I find, pro- probably needs a little bit more polish as well. So much, a lot of the a community seems to focus on Ocarina specifically. Uh, I mean, Majora's Mask has pretty good polish, I would say. It's just... It's good by itself, but not necessarily the multiplayer. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was speaking of the, of the multiplayer uh, different the yeah, multiplayer I think settings. The multiplayer would kind of get tricky when you have like time of day stuff and different the different days for something like that game i think it would help if they made it where they're stuck in the same time and if someone resets everyone resets i think that would probably help a lot with the logic it would be it would increase the hilarity where you're arguing with each other i need to reset time of day i'm fighting a boss come on Just wait, sit there and wait, because people generally have to do that in a randomizer multiplayer anyway. Go find something else to work on. I'm currently fighting a boss. There's five <laughs> seconds left. He's almost dead. <laughs> I wanted to ask, you were you were talking about all the different upcoming events and stuff, but we know that a lot of randomizers have really entered public consciousness thanks to large-scale events such as the showcases that we've seen at the GDQs. Um, how has that affected the community, have you noticed, with with uh, that, that more widespread reach? Yeah, so I, I think one of the problems with the community is it can be kind of scary to jump into as, as a new player, a new new person on the outside. So we, we've tried to do a lot of things to, you know, be friendly, to invite, like, everyone in, like, we came out with the Ocarina Improv show on Games Done Quick, yeah, which the hot, the hot fix, the hot fix right. show, which uh, really goes over just the bi- basics, beginner stuff. Um, I know Spike and Nukes did a co-op race at uh, Summer Games Done Quick, so just doing a lot to just try and show it off to a broader audience. Um, obviously, like GDQ has what hundreds thousands of viewers so (laughs) a lot yeah (laughs) i guess one thing that could be improved is just like the instructions of how to actually set it up and such so i know when i was setting up mod loader it took me hours to get working and then i was all like all right guys do exactly this stuff uh, i know the community for the most part is pretty good about just general setup with the the main website uh, doing solo races and stuff like that. The mod loader is where it gets tricky because it's actually a different group who who created that. I think they were more actually Majora's Mask uh, devs than Ocarina of Time devs. So Yeah, or like similarly when I was setting up Kingdom Hearts 2 Randomizer or Haley's, my wife set up uh, oh, geez. Sonic uh, Adventure 2 Randomizer <laughs> and both of those also were really complex uh, i know if you actually own the kingdom hearts on the epic store then it's a lot easier to set it up actually but have, with the yeah. uh, with that outreach have you been seeing like a return on that outreach has the community been responding been growing with with all these new avenues of getting out there in the yeah it, it definitely seems like it keeps growing um there's you know thousands of people in the main discord and thanks there's another group called Scrub Central, who, uh, again, another tournament that's geared towards beginner players. Uh, 
they let any, anyone play in the qualifiers, but then it's it's this weird thing where, like, the worse you do, the more likely you are to get into the main tournament. <laughs> Wait, what? Is it, like, nailed it? But yeah, it's just, you know, they want to get the new players, the less skilled players, time to shine, to be on stream, uh, you know, getting to play in these tournaments, get tournament experience, um, and just help them learn and grow. Sounds very welcoming. I, I do appreciate that. And if you know anything about the internet, you don't actually have to be good at what you're doing to be entertaining. Listen, sometimes failing is more entertaining than, you know, being good Frequently. and going fast. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds, I mean, I, I feel like we had a good, good cut. Was there anything else? I'm stumbling. The energy drink is kicking in, apparently. <laughs> um, well, we covered a, a fair bit of ground. Is there, like, anything else that you wanted to put out there before we move on? Uh, I think I think that's... You know, about it, again, just like if you're new to randomizers in general, looking to get into Ocarina or any of these, just, I'd say, get into the discords, get into the community pages, talk to people, ask questions. You know, most of these communities, you know, I'm not in all of them, so I can't speak to them all, but definitely Ocarina, they're super friendly if you have questions or need help setting up, um, or you're like, how does this logic work in the game? Where do I go? They can even help you look at, you know, the current race you're doing and be like, oh, so the logic wanted you to do this thing. So this is what you need to learn. Coaching type stuff. Coaching. Just like, like I said, just real friendly if you're looking to get into it. I do know that like, you should definitely should look at if there's like a frequently asked questions. I know there is one for Ocarina of Time. It's like, hey, do you think you're stuck? <laughs> yeah. you, you probably aren't. Just look at these and it will tell yeah. you how you're supposed to get nice around this. Yeah, and there's always like a spoiler log that tells you where the items yeah. are, too. That you, if you do get stuck, you can just you know read through yeah. that and be like, oh yeah, forgot to check this thing. <laughs> I remember one time we had someone in charge of that, so they can give us hints while we we're stuck. Oh forehead, I forgot to go check the <laughs> the cokery hut right at the very beginning of the game with four checks right there. <laughs> uh, I may or may not have done that before. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that, that is known as the that is known as the gentleman's agreement to skip it for a while. What? Like, the best run was when we got the bow, and then two or three of the elf Which is probably arrows. why the agreement exists. Just right there in the oh. <laughs> More interesting. Bow light arrows, we're done, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Time to leave? Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, we're stuck in the woods, though. We gotta find the Yeah, I know machine. when we do our multiplayer stuff, we don't think about what's go mode. We tend to be like, okay, let's 100% this randomizer which is probably well we, we usually end up having two there's only a few times where we're able to not have to do one dungeon well partially because we don't know a lot of the skips let's be honest <laughs> i mean if we actually did yeah. glitches yeah then all right well i think we're ready to move on to some bomber's notebook are we doing bomber's notebook you decided yeah let's do that first okay go ahead then this is your segment Oh, sorry, I didn't mean Bomber's Notebook. I meant Minish Recap. Oh, we're doing I Minish Recap? I get those two mixed up. How do you get those mixed? What? Cyber. How long have we been because doing this Because of two show? Zelda references. It's <laughs> whatever. Yeah. All right. We've been talking about Zelda this whole time. Let's move on to Zelda. Let's talk more about Zelda. Minish Recap. Okay. So, updates on things we have done recently or things we are going to be doing. Anything cool or fun that you have... Uh, done or plan to do angle yeah so well recently um like we were talking about games done quick mm -hmm. they uh had their flame fatales event which is focused on women in gaming and letting them show off their speed gaming skills uh it benefits the malala fund which uh has a goal to ensure 12 years of like free safe quality education for women um it's great uh charity and yeah so just want to talk briefly about a few of the runs obviously ocarina of time nice fant and nuclear um some friends oh. of mine doing ocarina of time randomizers so if you're looking to watch more of that it'll be up on their youtube and then another friend of mine sky bills did the finale she was super excited to get to they, be on the finale it's, and, this is 
not to interrupt, but you're naming a bunch of people that I always am looking forward to GDQ stuff to watch. So it's very, it's just a it's, fun, they're, fun, exciting. They're such they're great so, people. They're so, awesome people. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I love them all. So Super Mario All-Star Shuffler was the finale. Shuffler? Just, yeah, it's almost like a randomizer, but it's, you have like all the Mario All-Star games and then it. So you're playing through one, and then there's this shuffler aspect where randomly at different time intervals, it'll shift to a different game. Interesting. So you're in like Mar- you're like in a jump in Mario Brothers 1, and it's like, bam, you're in Mario Brothers 3, and then bam, you're in 2, and you're trying to beat all of them as it keeps shuffling between. <laughs> so it saves your pro- like saves it states saves your progress? Yeah, it saves states in between, so... Oh then it'll gosh. it'll snap back to like Mario One, and you're you're still in that jump, and you're like, ah, <laughs> that's crazy. That sounds yeah, like remember where you were. Yeah, so it's like that's... super fun to watch those. That sounds um... really entertaining. You said Skybills did that, or yeah, awesome. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's the big one. Uh, I don't know if we want to talk about Gamescom as well a little bit. Uh, I think we want to. Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> a little bit of new game news. Um, they had a lot of a lot of interesting trailers. Um I guess I'll start with some I liked. Uh Lies of P, which is this like kind of steampunk souls like game. I know you're not huge on souls like, but That sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like this like dark, dreary Pinocchio thing where you're I guess you can like lie or tell the truth in parts and it's souls like. It looked pretty interesting. That. that that whole steampunk aspect, when mixed with uh, the Souls like general atmosphere, I mean specifically the Bloodborne style look to it. Yeah, I, that's I'm okay with that. <laughs> See, I'll, I'll watch it. I just don't want to play it. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of my thing. They're interesting to watch. I just don't enjoy playing them. Well, certainly one I'm looking see about more and then uh there's one called high on life which looked pretty weird um oh that's that weird uh it's like Justin rick Roiland. yeah it's it's like the creators of rick and morty or, or someone involved in that or it's like a shooter but then like the guns are talking to you as you're going through it <laughs> yeah. oh, so it's like borderlands it's it seemed like borderlands but with rick and morty style humor instead yes. of gearbox style humor yeah, so like if you're a big Is fan of Rick and Morty, a pro or a con? <laughs> it, it depends on who you are. <laughs> I did there. I have seen some of the the trailers for that one, and I can't tell if that humor will work for an entire game or if it will get old. So we'll have yeah. to see. We'll have to see more of that. So it looks like that's not going to PlayStation. I'm only seeing Epic, Steam, and Xbox. Yeah, I believe that's that is under Microsoft's control at this point. Hmm. If I'm remembering what we saw, because didn't they make a PSVR game, or at least it was on PSVR? Uh, you talking about the Rick and Morty people? Yeah, yeah, they put out um, accounting is a VR game that they put out. You can definitely tell when something is put out by the Rick and Morty crew. It has a very distinctive, like, humor to it, and usually it involves Justin Roiland voicing half the cast. Well, that's how you save money, right? I mean, credit where credit's due, he is a good voice actor. He just has a stable of voices that he always goes back to, so it's very recognizable. Yeah. Any other interesting notes that that you had from from the shows there, Angle? Uh, the only other interesting one on my end is uh, a classic one, Return to Monkey Island. Oh, yeah. The old yeah. Guybrush Threepwood point-and-click adventure. LucasArts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. New version of that looks uh, pretty cool for, you know, us fans of those old games. Yep. I mean, they did, um, what was it called? Because this is Return to Monkey Island. They had another one that was like the, um, more like the Telltale style, like five episode long release, if I recall, that came out in 2016, I want to say. Were they the ones that did Broken Age, or is that a different company? Who, Telltale? No, the Return to Monkey Island. Oh, uh, LucasArts. Oh, I don't think so then. Yeah, it was LucasArts. Uh, Tales of Monkey Island, that's what it was called. It came out in, yeah, like 2014, 2015, I think. 
but again, that was more more the telltale, like t- t- Walking Dead and Tales from the Borderlands, which Tales from the Borderlands Two got announced recently, didn't it? Yeah, that was that was kind of surprising to me. I just saw it in a tweet. I'm all like, wait, this is it? This is the announcement? I mean, you got to announce it some way, right? No, they could have like you know announced it in Fortnite or something. That's not a new thing. Anyway, uh, take what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Uh, as I said, this weekend I went up to uh, New York, up to Rochester, New York, to meet up with some old college buddies, one of which including Krim from our community, and there was a big event in Ingress. Ingress is the Niantic phone game that uh, came out before Pokemon Go, so a lot of the Pokemon Go infrastructure was built over top of the Ingress infrastructure, um, with like the Pokestops were just pasted over top of the ingress portals uh in the game uh this specific game mode that we had was sort of a um soccer-ish style thing where at the different portals or pokestops if you're more familiar with that a item would spawn that you then had to connect the stops together via links in the game the item jumps from that and you're trying to get it to a specific goal so I was on a bike team with Krim and uh, Trails and another person where we were running around on bikes to do quick response like cavalry type stuff, reacting to the game space to get those items around. Ended up doing 11 and one quarter miles of biking over the course of about four and a half hours, you know, running around playing the game and whatnot. Our faction won handily. With a score of thirteen to zero, <laughs> were you actually playing against anyone? Yeah, uh, we just <laughs> happened to have better strategy and like double the amount of players because the enemy faction did not do the recruiting to bring people from out of the area into the city. They were relying on uh... the players that were in the city. Whereas our faction went, "Hey, this event's happening. Do you want to come up and play?" So I came up from Pittsburgh. Another friend came up from Maryland. There were a bunch of players that came in from Canada, even. I mean, being wow. in New York, it's not that far, but still. Uh, still. It's like, whoa, this mobile game event is happening. Let's cross countries. Yep. Uh, so unlike Pokemon Go, where, you know, it's designed for people to try to just get to a spot with a bunch of Pokestops. Instead, Ingress actually wants you to travel, like, keep move moving around. Yep. That's That's pretty good makes sense to ride bikes for that yeah and there's there's a lot of specifically for these timed events where you're trying to react to the enemy teams the enemy factions changing you know capturing the the portals the pokestops and flipping factions all that there's a lot of incentive to move around the city so that's nice good good excuse to get some exercise good excuse to see a bunch of old friends uh that i hadn't seen because of world events so yeah that's sounds nice and that's what i did this weekend and then he drank the wrong energy drink returning home and i drank the wrong energy drink and that was disappointing uh no for me i actually got back into video games outside of moving things and playing fall fantasy 14 uh in preparation for xenoblade chronicles 3 i finally started up xenoblade chronicles the first one which you've been talking uh, thankfully, about doing for a, a long time now. Yes. Thankfully, I remember how to play, so I don't need to restart in order to go through the tutorials of how to battle. So I, I think I'm close to the end. I mean, like I'm at chapter eleven, and so and a lot of people are all like, "Oh, you're gonna hate the next part." And I'm just like, "Cool, thank you for really trying to get me to continue the game." <laughs> yes, I would uh, love to do the thing I would hate. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I like the trio party that I have is like still the first three characters that you get, Shulk, Ryan, and Sharla. But I love playing a Sharla because she is a sharpshooter healer. She shoots people from far away to heal them and also can damage enemies with her gun. So Anna from Overwatch. The healer I don't know. Sp- the healer sniper. <laughs> Sharla came first, so huh. Okay, you are correct. Yeah, and so like there's like a bonding thing uh, where the party members bond with each other as they're being used together, and so the three of them are like 
super close bond and everyone else just is around low well it said that everyone in the party for some reason loves Sharla. maybe it's because i just keep playing as her and they just automatically bond with the player character even if they're not in the party i don't know that's like but, um support conversations in fire emblem yeah except without the conversations <laughs> just the support just keeps increasing Interesting. Uh, well, actually, so as your bond level increases, there are heart-to-heart locations in the game for two characters, you know, different set of two characters that you can go to and see just either support conversations like Fire Emblem. But yeah, it's a good game. I'm hoping to finish it before Splatoon 3, uh, and then someday I will start Xenoblade Chronicles 2, some, someday. And then years from now, I'll finally get to 3. <laughs> By the time Xenoblade Chronicles 6 is out, you'll be playing 3. It'll be fine. Yeah. Angle, do you play, like, any any like JRPGs or anything? Not not a lot lately. I I have been into some of the old Fire Emblems and stuff. Um, in terms of Xenoblade, that's one I kind of more watch friends play on Twitch. It's, uh, it's pretty snug watching, uh, like, Xenoblade 2. That's interesting games to watch. I mean, I do know a lot about 2 just from the memes. <laughs> and by that, I mean I know absolutely nothing about 2. It, it's well known among bombers that I have 100% grown away from the JRPG scene. So, yeah. Xenoblade, I guess. <laughs> it's good stuff. I mean, it is one of those games where, you know, it's somewhat open world uh, and, you, you know, the, the enemies are actually out on the field and you just some of them will attack you on site. Some will attack you if they're able to hear you. So if you slowly walk past them, they won't attack you. Others attack you if they see you attacking other enemies near them. It's that kind of fun stuff that I absolutely love. And surprisingly, that it was a Wii game originally. Yep. But the Switch version definitely has a lot of better graphics and other other uh, quality of life improvements. Yep, Xenoblade Chronicles was part of Operation Rainfall back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually got it when it came out, too. So, I knew who Shulk was before he was announced for Smash Bros. Zyber knew who before he was cool. But uh, speaking of graphics improvements and quality of life uh, improvements, Splatoon 3, which is coming out next week. Uh, I played the demo, the Splatfest demo that they hosted uh, a week ago, and it was fun. It got to showcase some of the new weapons that are existing to show the uh, new specials and in general, like, here's some weapons and here's what their subspecials are going to be. Show us how much fun Splatfests are, especially now that they're uh, a three-way battle or there's three teams instead of only two teams. And so that changes, like, all that stuff changes the meta of the game in general, but now even the Splatfest meta is different because it used to be it used to be that people would go for the team that was least popular because all the all the good people would go to the least popular team. They're more likely then to actually get an actual match to get more points. But now there's three teams. It's different, especially because halfway through they start doing tri battles where the winning team has four of them against two people from each of the other two teams, and the two other teams do a pincer battle basically, where the winning team is in the middle of the map. Yeah, the the tri battle thing thing I saw a little bit of, and it seems like a really good change to the formula to actually make Splatoon three stand out from one and two. Because obviously, as we said, one of the bigger complaints between Splatoon and Splatoon two is that they really didn't change a lot, other than like different weapons and stuff. Yeah, it's like they added um, uh, Salmon Run. They added Salmon Run, which is actually a really fun game. And so Splatoon 3 has done even more stuff to Salmon Run. They didn't end up adding their own separate game mode, except for this card-building game. Did you say cards? They, they added a card-building game oh, to it. Hmm. Maybe I will pick up Splatoon 3. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, technically, yes, they have actually added more stuff. And they have already announced that there's going to be multiple like DLC expansions, like the Splatoon had the Octo expansion. So, in general, from what I played with Splatoon 3 and the Splatfest, I'm just like, yes, I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, as someone who greatly enjoys Splatoon, but in general was getting bored of Splatoon 2 just because, like, I've done everything. 
uh, like how the ranked battles work is once you get to X rank, you can either just never play again and stay in X rank, or you can try uh, playing X rank battles, but if you do bad, you'll get kicked out. And so I'm just like, yeah, I'll just stay in X rank and then never do it again. And, and not. <laughs> uh, the, they've announced that the ranked modes in Splatoon 3, they're going to have it more similar to how other games have been doing stuff, where uh, every season basically you're not going to restart all the way back to zero but you will lose a few ranks and so you just got to keep playing to make sure that you don't you know drop all the way down and i think that's definitely going to help with people to continue playing ranked mode instead of just being like all right i'm done yeah that will probably encourage people to actually continue it rather than dropping it like they did before i agree yeah and then of course there's the you can finally join friends in a lobby before oh, actually joining goodness. a turf war battle oh thank goodness because nintendo has been so far behind the curve on just like basic quality of life online things yeah it's like you know if you're all ready to join a turf war you have to initiate and splatoon one two you would have one person join and then everyone try to join that person but the lobby would probably be full now you can finally join as a group and then enter a lobby together yeah. and then after that any new person would just join the same way or you could just all leave and start we, together into a new lobby yeah yeah having an actual like pre-queue team set up is going to improve everything about playing splatoon with friends yeah and also they have you can record battles and go back through them which will be really nice for the professional players nice so just all these things that it's like the only thing that you really need to work on now is just that netcode, Nintendo. Get <laughs> yep. But they need to do that with every game, so... Yep. Someday Nintendo will figure out online. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the other companies have. <laughs> Someday. Not today. So yeah, like, if you enjoyed Splatoon and don't necessarily play anymore, I, I would suggest trying it. If you play Splatoon and you're all like, no, nah, it's not for me, well... It's not going to be for you then. It's you know, it's like saying, "Oh, I played Mario Kart and hated it. Why should I get the new Mario Kart?" Well, don't. <laughs> but like, you know, if you actually enjoy Splatoon, and I would suggest getting Splatoon three, unless you don't think you're going to play it that much. I mean, honestly, that's probably the best uh, review you could have given. I think. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think that'll wrap up our show here. Before we go, Engel, uh, where are places that people can find you, like Twitch and etc.? Uh, yeah, finding me, uh, twitch.tv slash Engel0079. Um, it's really the best way. I have most of my other socials linked on that. So uh, you got a 79 degree angle then? Angle. Yeah. It's Angle. E-N-G-E-L. Zero zero seven nine, and definitely, I say everyone who's listening to this should go and drop a follow and check out all of the awesome randomizer content. And I know you play some PUBGA on there occasionally as well. Boo! <laughs> yeah, <on>. occasionally <laughs> we we do some shooters with friends or other things. Um, you got to shake it up, you know. Yeah, you can't just play Ocarina of Time every every day. Maybe we'll try branching sure out that? into some of these other randos, but. Not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining, everyone. Drop a follow over at Engel. Check out his awesome stuff. Engel, again, thank you so very much for joining us. I think this was a very fun and interesting conversation that we had here about randomizers and the whole scene. Thank you both for having me on.